a very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another Coast to Kings Radio episode. Today we're actually talking about Wonder Woman Flight of Courage, the brand new single roller coaster at Six Flags Magic Bound that we had the privilege of checking out just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Magic Bound, for inviting us out. It was great to be back on the stomping grounds. Such a great event. For those that don't know, Alex and I actually met at Secrets Magic Bound mm-hmm. in October of 2016. That's where it all started. So, um, anything Magic Bound related is kind of special for us. And this was, um, was this the first time getting ourselves filmed together at Magic Bound? Yeah. Because I've obviously done so many filmings at Magic, but I don't think I've done many with you before. This was so. a very special event. It was our first, like, Magic Mountain roller coaster event together. Because we didn't go to West Coast Racers. We were in Florida. Yeah, we were. So, this was... pandemic happens. Yeah, yeah. so I guess so, huh? So this is really special. So, uh... Full circle moment. Today we'll be talking about everything DC Universe, what happened there, what's going to happen there, what Warmer looks like, what the ride experience is like. Um, We have some questions from our readers um, on Instagram. We picked a couple of them. We'll be featuring them as well. So that's all we're going to do today. So, the first thing we'll talk about is DC Universe... So that started his life as, was it the Backlot area? What was it called originally when they built the Z-Force and stuff? It was the Backlot. It, it, it's been, that area it's been, a it's been many several things. Because when like the Himalaya and the Roundup were first added in 1974, it was like kind of a new wing to the park. And it was like the flat ride area. And now, it's crazy, because, like, so the, the Flash, sadly, is no longer with us. The Himalaya... However, it is rumored to come back. It's, it's rumored still to come on side, under screen. Yeah. So we have a possibility of it coming back. And um, Teen Titans Turbo Spin, which is, like, the fifth uh, it, incarnation of the park's original Hubert's Roundup that has... I mean, these rides are old. These are from the 60s, and somehow, like, Magic Mountain still has theirs, and Six Flags Great Adventure still has theirs, too. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I really like the direction that they're going in with DC Universe because it's definitely more open and clean than, uh, like, the Gotham City stuff, which... So, admittedly, so how it previously looked is you had, um, kind of, like, two plazas within the middle, a, a, an attraction. So, one was a restaurant, Titan Pizza, and one was The Flash, and then you had the Green Lantern Station-ish ride, and then Batman... And then some facades, and of course, then you had at the front Wonder Woman's Lasso of Truth, which is now Teen Titans Servo Spin, um, and then two smaller food stands, and then a store. So it felt a lot busier before, which I kind of like because it was like the street situation. Yeah. But this allows them this what they currently have, which is way op- way more open, gives a lot more of an opportunity for like something new to come in, um, which it is supposed to be getting a like bar restaurant setup where currently the big open squares where flash used to be yeah there's a lot of potential there and um they're also building a new store that's not yet open that um the batman q oh, sorry the batman exit and the woman wonder woman flight of courage exit will uh, exit into so it'll be like a dc comic store they're gonna yeah. keep the small side store as well they're building some new facades that kind of connect teen Tur- teen titan turbo spin with the back of the land and um, the queue for Batman has been rerouted so that the exit for Batman can now spill into the store as well. So that's kind of interesting. And Batman got all these like, effects we've done. So um, the, you know, the, the spinning fan, the tunnel, is like has a light effect now and it's spinning. Um, in the queue, the old, mo- the old videos are working on new screens. And a giant emblem, which the hasn't big, been lit up in yeah. years. I mean, I can't remember ever being lit it's up. It's gotten a 
big, it's not lit big up. improvement. So, uh, Batman really saw some love because it got repainted as well because it was kind of chipping yeah. paint already like when they repainted Riddler. So, uh, that's a nice um, upgrade as well. And then, of course, then there's Wonder Woman. Before we get to Wonder Woman, though, a couple of things I got to mention. The archway has been upgraded. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of like the one at Secret Discovery Kingdom, Secret Good America... That's all like the same kind of archway now, the more metallic one. And the Batmobile, which used to mark the entrance of not only DC Comics area, but Gotham City, has been relocated now to the very front of the Batman entrance area, and Batman has also received a new light-up sign marquee out there behind the Batmobile, and it matches the new kind of Batman logo that we're seeing on, like... um, Batman the Ride at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. Yeah, it's kind of in the same range as like the, the new Wonder Woman logo, so yeah. which is also very artsy and modern. Now, the cool thing is about DC Universe, for years, everyone has been wanting DC Universe and Metropolis to be connected. It never really made a whole lot of sense that there was DC Universe since 2010, but then there was still like Riddler kind of like over on the side yeah. on its own, especially when it built um, the Battle for Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah. Okay, so they have Metropolis now, but it looks like... Um, it is not 100% confirmed, but um, if I'm not mistaken, this is kind of what um, is known at this point, is that they are connecting Metropolis and DC Universe via a walkway that runs parallel, be- parallel to, Wonder, to Wonder, Woman. Wonder Woman on the side of the um, of the airtime hill and the stall between what used to be like a hot maze back in like 2011, and now it's just storage. There is, even if you're in the area, you can see there's a construction wall up there, and there is no curb for the concrete. The concrete just kind of keeps going. Um, and then there's two ex- additional expansion pads where Tidal Wave used to be. So Tidal Wave's turnaround, which is, um, as in like when you get back to the station, yeah, the station like in queue. Yeah, what, what rubs up right against the original the, midway. Yeah, for where the, the boardwalk board is area. now. And then there is on the other side of Wonder Woman, what used to be the lift zone, the drop and the splashdown of Tidal Wave, which is kind of like matching, you know, going up to the supports for Riddler's lift and there's drop. There's a lot of space back A lot there. of space. Because and there's also the vacancy still left over by Freefall. Right. So you could, you could put something pretty decent size in there. And the nice thing is, is that the, the superstructure for Wonder Woman supports, there is a really clear dirt pathway underneath it. Um, and like a big bridge support where they can clearly build like um, a midway and there's no fencing there. Yeah. So it looks like maybe in the next couple of years we'll see like the official expansion of Metropolis and DC Universe becoming one giant connected land that I think people have been wanting literally forever now. I mean, ever since I was, when I was a kid and it was still the Riddler area, when Riddler opened, they turned that area into DC Comics Plaza. No, it and, was... Uh, uh, what was it? Um, it was like something. movie. It was the movie district. Movie something because because we had but Gotham did, City. But it did not have DC on and it though. movie district. It wasn't movie district. That I was, think it was. We had this conversation like a couple episodes ago. I need to pull up on that. Um, <laughs> at least that's what it was listed. The, no, I'm pretty sure it was movie district in like 07 when I maybe went, it so. was Six Flags St. Louis that had DC Comics Plaza for Mister Freeze. It's very possible. It was something like that. Anyways, so um, that's all expected to be connected. We don't know when. Um, I would love a big flat ride package. I think Magic Mind is a perfect part to put a, a flat ride package in. So having what was formerly Flash and it's probably going to become like a bar restaurant area. And then the two expansion pads where Tidal Wave used to be, it could really create an awesome um, connected DC universe. So um, maybe like a Zempro Discovery, like a modern version of an Enterprise would be cool. Um, oh, my an Endeavor, you mean? An Endeavor, sorry. No, Discovery. We, we have a Discovery. <laughs> uh, an Endeavor would be really nice. And also, um, 
Wouldn't mind seeing one of those giant um, boosters like Six Flags St. Louis just opened, the Gabby oh, and Whip yeah. one. So there's lots of opportunities there. I'm hoping a flat wrap package, but let's not focus on that too much. Let's go ahead and talk about Wonder Woman some more. So Wonder Woman, obviously, it's taken over the old spot of Green Lantern's first flight. I had the privilege of writing it quite a bit because uh, when I moved to the U.S., it was like the second season for it. So like it was still running pretty well. It was like, you know, it was a hype. And I've always really enjoyed seeing the emblem from anywhere in Valencia, like at night, the giant Green Lantern emblem on the sign. It was kind of like a cool vibe. Obviously, the ride didn't last, and it was kind of a nightmare. But um, they have purpose. Well, they have nicely repurposed that station. Definitely. Um, and so, a couple of things I've repurposed is that the entrance marquee is in the same spot now for One Woman as it was for Green Lantern. Obviously, a different logo. Um, different th- uh, different aesthetic because we have more of like the, the Romanish pillars going on like yeah. the temple kind of aesthetic for one woman but then the switchbacks with the um, is it Roman are, or Greek? I don't even I mean it's pretty similar I haven't seen Confession Time like I haven't seen any of the Wonder Woman movies. I mean she's quite a lily from a mythical island in the middle of the ocean that uses that aesthetic so it's technically it's, anything yeah so it's fiction it, yeah, it okay. is totally fictional but Fair anyway enough. so we used to just, the, the switchbacks outside the Green Lantern had it just a new cover that's red. Um, and then what they really changed is the indoor section. So Greenland to use have an indoor queue that kind of went past some big scenery pieces of a crashed aircraft in the desert. Um, now they have changed that giant room into switchbacks, uh, which is themed to the embassy of Themyscira. Oh, yeah, but there's still, like the goddesses and gods That's exactly what it is, because that's what the embassy it, of Themyscira are they Greek is. gods or Roman gods? They are one of the gods. They are no, they're real gods, though. I just can't. I just don't know the difference between. Got them you. And I'm not that sure. We, <laughs> as media, we didn't go in there. We didn't spend a lot of we, time. We in actually there. were allowed to speak. I want to say that they were Greek gods because they were all recognizable names. I just I'm not familiar enough with, with the mythology. Franchise. Yeah, or just in general. Well, all I know is that it seemed to. I mean, it's literally called the Embassy of. Whatever you pronounce that, Temiskia, whatever. I don't know what it's which pronounced is either. The, um, <laughs> fictional city-state island in the middle of the ocean that nobody knows about that one woman lives at or comes from. Um, so it's an indoor switchbacks and the flashback goes, the, the flash pass goes through that as well. Um, and then you meet up with lockers and then um, you go to the back side of the station and that's where you head upstairs and then at the end of the station so where the train just comes in when it returns, that's where you load. Um, and then the exact opposite side, you exit and down the ramp past the lockers to grab your items and then leave. So it's kind of like the philosopher system except for you Enter lockers on the same side, but it is built into the queue. Um, One Woman does do the continuous loading thing, which is cool. It's been running four trains. It's a nice long station. It's a nice long station. So it technically fits like two whole trains it's minus two one cars. car. Uh, because only one car doesn't unlock if they're both parts. Oh, yeah, true. So it's like almost two entire almost trains that can fit in there, but it's meant to roll through. Yeah. So uh, the nice thing is that they've been running four trains on the, on the consistently, which actually makes the single row coaster pretty decent capacity, which is great. Uh, we talk about some bad experience. You were right. It was movie, movie district. Cool. It's on Wikipedia. Awesome. I, I just wanted that. you to know. <laughs> um, ride experience wise, um, I really enjoyed this ride. And to be honest with you, I was apprehensive about riding based on our experiences with other single rail coasters. Yeah, we'll get um, into that a little bit later. But it was definitely a palatable experience, and the length of the train helps with pacing and offers different. Um, experiences front and back, uh, definitely like very majorly different experiences. different experiences. Like 
you could say that about a lot of coasters, but with Wonder Woman, I don't think there's a well, coaster given on Earth like, that is like it's it's tight, more different. It's tight elements, tight rolls. Yeah, but the train is some of the longer trains in the world with like twelve yeah. with twelve rows, like twelve individual vehicles. So it's so. almost like having a beanet with twelve cars, but like super tight. You yeah, know? it's it's really really interesting because some elements they're just completely different experiences whether you're in the front or the back. Um, and then we rode when we our first rides. It was cold, you guys. It was sweater weather. It was four a.m. in the morning. Yeah, well, I guess we started riding at five. Personally, and but yeah, it, the ride definitely needed to warm up. Except that for me, it was like the perfect level of intensity when it hadn't warmed up and it was still cold inside. And then as the day got on and it got really hot, it got like quite warm. And it got and it got really and fast. The ride got yeah. really fast, and I was like, because in the morning when we intense. when we were there at like five, um, even though there were people on board, it would like hardly make it to the final breaks. Like it would just kind of like crawl we through the overbank. Yeah. Uh, but later in the day, it was just flying into those breaks. Uh, really fascinating how much of a difference that makes once once it's um, heated up. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the ride by elements, and we'll kind of say like, right, is this better in the back or better in the front? I always think it's kind of fun to do. Oh, yeah. So let's start with the drop. I mean, I say drop's better in the back. Back, yeah. Because front gives you the cool views, but the back, it's like, uh, you get whipped over that hill. It's we nice. Each got, we were lucky. We each got one front seat ride. I got several back seat rides. And, yeah, and I got I got a seat, and I got a ride in row 11, which is close enough for me. I feel like I got the experience. You hit the dive loop. That was better in the front. Dive loop. Because you really fly into yeah. it. You do like like really wild twists. I don't know. Really quickly. The dive loop freaked me out in the front. Like I felt like I was going too fast. It gave me rail blazer <laughs> well, nightmare I think, flashbacks. I think the cool thing about the dive loop on this, and it's most it's most inversion on this ride that are just so different in the traditional versions of it. It's like you are upright, almost like you're cresting the hill upright, like an airtime hill. Yeah. And then you're facing the top of um, uh, Better from Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And then you just like do a really quick dive. The flip is so down. It's very violent. It's only a couple car lengths long. Like yeah. the twist in the dive loop is oh, it's so which good. is beautifully illustrated by photography of of the ride. Yeah, so check it out on thecoasterkings.com. We've got yeah. some awesome videos. We also uh, and photos, and we also go through every element there as well, so you can kind of get a better look what we're talking about. But okay, um, the airtime hill was really really good in the front. Like I would say it's the front. I it, feel like most airtime hills are good in the front. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say that's the front. It's and the stall was I now I take the back seat for the stall. I I'm going to say the back seat for most elements on the ride cuz I really my front seat ride was too much for me. Yeah, I think the stall is fine in the front, but I almost feel like you rush into it so fast you don't really get to enjoy the upside down part. Visually, nicely. it's so. But in the back, in I the felt back. like I could really look up the entire time. Like, yeah. Wow, I'm like actually suspended. Nice thing about this stall it's is like hypnotic. Most stalls, you know, like Velocicoaster or even Twisted Colossus, you roll into it, but then like you roll into kind of at the height of the element. Yeah. Your, your stall is kind of flat. This element, you roll into it, and it's kind of like. I mean, entire air tank hill upside this, down. Top gun stall is that what this is? Yeah, something like that. But because I mean, you were just upside down, down for so long. Yeah, it's you required literally. Imagine this like a parabolic hill, and then about like a third up, it starts twisting. But then two thirds of the of, of the hill are completely upside down. Like the entire, I was really impressed the by that. Upside down portion of it is like longer than the length of the train. Oh yeah, and no, these trains are huge, so it's you spend. A couple seconds upside down. I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And, uh, great moment. It's one of the first stalls, and of, of course I've done quite some coasts with stalls on it now, but that was one of the first stalls I feel like I could really look around upside down, yeah. but without feeling like I'm hanging. Like, it was still it's like positive G Like the zero central. stall perfected. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, but I would say it's in the back though. Yeah. Preferred. Yeah. Now next up you have that really it's wild. favorite part. That's favorite part of the ride. If you've ever seen our on-ride where I'm like really excited about this so element. Excited. So like what you do is you fly... So you kind of like head towards the left, and then you 
You like a, a kind of really a quick twist yeah. to the right, and you have this really highly elevated 90 degrees banked turn that's flat. It's something that's never been done before, besides obviously Jersey, Jersey, Jersey Devil. But yeah. like, it's not something you can really do on the coast. It's not a single road coast because you just simply yeah. don't have the opportunity to make something that tight and so quick. Yeah. Um, and it was something really weird about being in such an incredibly tight turn, 90 degrees banked and going really fast through it and it then like, also it's being like a, elevated it's like a donut like you're it's doing a little weirdest, donut it's the weirdest but the coolest thing and um our friends at Cheap Enthusiasts they actually made a little gif out of it uh where I was like <laughs> yeah they made well, my fingers yeah, Josh I'm, made a gif I'm like in the video like so excited my fingers up like, you were, like, like finger guns your way through it I was so excited so and then it finishes with the airtime hill exit after it so. now but here's the thing going into the element I preferred in the front uh-huh. But the the drop after it, I prefer it's a backseat moment. Yeah. But that whole circular thing, because you go into it so fast, yeah. better to front. Yeah. But then going off the drop of it, which is kind of like the I first love drop, the whole like element in the back because you really get pulled through the top from. The it's front kind of, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where like yeah, the beginning of the element is obviously like rushed through by yeah, the front. It's where like you kind of finish up the turn and, and get pulled down the hill in the back. The tr- yeah. But I would still say that element overall is the front row elements. Um, it's just so good. It's That's, so Is it your so favorite good. element? No. I guess I'll talk about it in a little bit. No. <laughs> uh, like at least you know my favorite element It's is. not. Um, then there is the um, zero-G rule, which is like one of the most zero-G, zero-G rules existing. It's truly zero. It's a great floating air And it's kind of funny because I was wearing a necklace on our POV, and I'm like looking at it, and my necklace is like a perfect place. It just yeah. like floats in but space. It's like levitating. Well, we like rotate like, around, and I was like, oh shit, like, this like is really zero-G. You like really rotated around your necklace. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is really zero-G. Um, the funny thing about this element is, is that the zero-G roll, it can, it starts twisting way lower in the elements, and then it kind of like, almost like a step of underflip when it comes to the, ro- the rotation yeah. of the flipping, reaches its flip at the at the top of the element, but then it comes out of the flip upright yeah. so quick that like it kind of becomes a drop. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting approach, upward zero-G roll. Yeah, the approach into the zero-G roll starts much lower than the exit starts on its respective Half of exactly, the hill. so it really feels like you're like flying into it. The, the majority of the zero G roll, like the rolling part, takes place on the, the first front. half of the element, yeah. and then it's really snappy exit of it. Uh, but I think the reason it's done that way is because you have so much speed coming into it. Yeah, it feels like a continuous roll because you lose speed going up that yeah. hill, and you can make that exit it's tighter while like it maintains a, that same kind of like how zero a clothesline loop, a vertical loop, is shaped tighter at the top to account for losing speed. Yeah. Um, this roll feels like it is designed where it's like very sharp at the top with this gradual entrance. For and, those that are exit. really into um, Intimate and you have seen the um, the new dragon themed Intimate Impulse Coast in Chongqing. Yes. It does. This, the, the spikes get tighter as they go more vertical because the train goes slower. So the rate of twisting remains the exact same because the higher the train goes, the tighter the track gets, but also it loses speed. And it's kind of how this element works as well. Because yeah. it loses a little bit of speed, the element becomes tighter, making that zero-G roll the perfect constant rate of twisting yeah. and zero-G forces the entire time. And then I think this neat. makes the element yet another backseat element for me because, again, you get pulled through it very dramatically, like starting a lawnmower. But also, <laughs> you have to think about it this way. You're on your you're single file. Do I? Yes, do you I do. Do I have to think about it this Girl, way? I'm about to blow your mind. <laughs> So, since you are in the single file ride, you're always the hard line. 
You are the hardline. You bro. are the heart of There are so the few matter. rides, but there's the actual hardline seat. And I don't like the Zamperla three in a row. So this is the only real kind of coaster. Does anybody really like? No, I don't think anyone likes <laughs> don't it. Think this is the only kind of coaster where you really kind of get that, like, you're the hardline. And then there's Texas Cliffhanger. Texas Cliffhanger. That has seven across seating. The dive coaster. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a good hardline, though, too. But that's not the only one. the hardline. That is also the hardline seat. The first oh, B&M with the hardline. Seven across seating. Uh, anyway, so next element, you got the little mid course you can jump into. Uh, Love the mid course. <laughs> it's actually kind of a long mid course, so it can actually slow down the fast moving train completely. Yeah. And uh, evacuate as needed. Like you could come to a pretty comfortable stop. Yeah. At full speed. And then there's a little dive off of that, and there's like this overbank turnaround. That's a really that kind of hard start of the second ride. Like dirt, little overbank dirt turn, which is. Really nice pleasant. Yeah. I like it the best in the back as well because you got to go width through it. Front is, I mean, front yeah. is good too because you can push through. But I think the back, the whippiness of it, and then there is like just like it's airtime central and then it's on the, the like, back. And then the RMC like classic moments. So the, the like left adventure yeah. has pretty good um, headchoppers actually because yeah. you kind of there's a support yeah. built like right around it just so you can fit through there. Yeah. Then there's one to the right, and then it gets different than Jersey Devil because there's this tiny little airtime hill. That's super snappy in the front or in the back. Doesn't really matter where you're at. This is also what crosses over what's going to be the future expansion midway between those plots. Doesn't Jersey earlier. Devil have the little airtime hill? It goes into the brakes. It doesn't have the little airtime hill. I thought that Lily went into the brakes there. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Now I'm pretty sure Jersey Devil has the tiny airtime hill, and then it goes up into the brakes. All right. I may I made a mistake. Anywho, after that. You have the um, another outbank turn this um, to the right, and then you dive all the way down to the ground. The reason that's important that I say that is because Jersey Devil is on a flat piece of land, but Magic Mountain's not flat because it's built on a mound, literally. So there is a part of it, Jersey Devil, you know, that's kind of like elevated. So what what on Jersey yeah, it Devil? Does have it. See what's on? Okay, great. So what's on Jersey Devil and has the um, it's like the bottom of the ride. Um, that's the bottom of the ride over by Riddler at Magic Mountain. However. Um, there's a pretty steep drop-off from where the height of Riddler's entrance to where the ride actually is located. So... Because, like, nothing in Magic Mountain is actually flat. Even right. if it looks flat, it's not. So, <laughs> most of the ride's elements are actually elevated to the point where, like, the bottom of the zero-G roll, the stall, the turnaround, all that kind of stuff is all elevated off the, off the floor because you're at the low part of the park. But what the difference is in Jersey versus Jersey Devil... And one woman flight of courage is that they the added element there actually dives all the way down to the ground, so it comes significantly lower than the rest of the ride, and then has that um, overbank into the brakes that goes over the plaza where the Wonder Woman entrance is. Um, that's, that's actually really my good. favorite part of the ride. As a finale, the, that the the third after the little airtime pop, the outer bank or the out the outside bank turn into the drop that goes way lower. Than the rest of the ride. I realize... I, I like that not only because it's like the unique part of this ride versus Jersey Devil. But I like it because it always catches me uh, off... Like it catches me by surprise. Because you I kind of just... You see the rest of the ride around you. And it kind of fools the eye into thinking you know where the ride bottoms out. Especially based on what you've already been riding. It's like it really is the one moment in the ride where you're like, oh, this is a topographically diverse ride. Just a, even just a little bit. Yeah. And then, so you, it takes you all the way to the ground and then you pull up into the very nice um, overbank over the entrance plaza. It's kind of fun looking down and seeing people looking back up at you 
Um, and then you go into the brakes. Yep, and then uh, the brakes are quite long. I have this turn around the end of brakes to go to the station, which is how four trains are pretty easily done. Yeah. There's really, I mean, it's continuous loading, not really stopping. You have about two trains that can be in a station, and the ride itself is so long, really, yeah. that um, it's easily a four train, which is really great. Like, I don't think Jersey Never has even four trains to run. I thought I ran three. But it's also a shorter ride, I guess. It's a shorter ride. So. Yeah, and it doesn't have a turn in the beginning, because there really is a lot more real estate to Magic Mountain, but having that turn... Into the into the lift. Yeah. You have the longer brake runs with the turn, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so, yeah. Let's move on to some questions from our Instagram people. Oh, so we yes. Picked, let's see. We picked about six yeah. of them. Um, let's start with Fret 7552 um, How do you compare Wonder Woman to Jersey Devil and other Raptors? So... So this is what I wanted to touch on earlier. I was getting ahead of myself. But, um... So, we haven't ridden Jersey Devil yet. Um, and it was funny because we joked about it after like Magic Mountain's coaster was leaked, like in 2019, I think. Or 2020. 20, was it 2020? I mean, it was. No, it was during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. it was. Okay. It feels like a long time ago. But I remember jokingly telling you, like, oh, I bet we'll ride this one at Magic Mountain before we even ride the original at, at Great Adventure because, not because we don't like Great Adventure, because we do. Great park, but, but we we're Magic Mountain. Yeah, awesome. but we're Magic Mountain that's people, like, and it's like, like home park. Like, yeah. We weren't sure when we would be back at Great Adventure, but we knew we'd be back at Magic Mountain several times a year, like always. And sure enough, we rode Wonder Woman, you know, sight unseen. It's like we had no Jersey Devil to compare it to. Although I heard very positive feedback from people who had ridden Jersey Devil, Chief Enthusiast had mentioned that because um, they they go to Great Adventure a lot, and he said that. It was not running very well its first year, soft wheels, sluggish performance, but that this year it's having a much better year. It's running a lot faster. It's running more like how Wonder Woman appears to run based on like... I will say that we haven't ridden Jersey Devil. Most people that I do know that have, that have ridden Jersey Devil and also Wonder Woman all say that Wonder Woman just flies. Like it's way yeah. faster. It's a way better attraction. That's all I can say. We haven't ridden them both yeah. ourselves. However, we have ridden um, the two, two of the, the original... original Small Raptors. Raptors. So yeah. we've done, obviously, Wonder Woman Golden Lasso Coaster at Sickers Fiesta, Texas. And we have also done Real Blazer at California Good America. Um, I don't love those because they are so intense and so crazy fast and tight that it just kind of hurts your body, the especially rides, your shoulders. I just feel like the co- those coasters are in a hurry to be over with themselves. And it's like, like, what the hell was that? Like, by the end of it, I'm like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel... It feels like it goes faster than it should. There's a pacing issue for me, especially on Railblazer. Even though that's the better-looking one with, like, the paint job and the landscaping and the ATV-themed trains. Yeah, the tunnels, all the good stuff. Yeah. Wonder Woman Golden Lasso Coaster, actually, I enjoyed more because they, for the life of them, can't seem to fill those trains. It has the continuous loading. Three... What is it? Eight-car trains? Yeah. And every time we rode, they were lucky to get five or six seats filled. Because the, 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 the trains had to go out process. so quick. Yeah, yeah, so there's no mid-course. So it's just, uh, I don't know. But it, I just liked Jersey Devil. So it just felt like the pace. And, and some people are going to... You mean Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah. I liked Wonder Woman so much better. This Wonder Woman, Magic Mountain Wonder yeah. Woman. Um, and uh, people are going to agree with me and feel the exact opposite. They'll agree that the pacing on the rides are so dramatically different. But they prefer the smaller one. And they prefer the smaller ones for that reason. I will say that most people have seen comments on it, like honestly on Instagram and stuff, all the people that have written, 
Um, most people do really seem to be on camp Wonder Woman. And I think it's another reason of Wonder Woman that I prefer so much is because it has all these big, elongated elements. Yeah. It takes the time to do, like, that crazy Top Gun stall where, like, you're upside down for so long. It has big airtime hills. It kind of does hyper things on, like, a different kind of coaster. And at no point do I feel like the smaller Raptors give you a second to enjoy anything. Yeah. And at Wonder Woman, there are just... They're intense, fast elements, but they're large. And there's yeah. airtime hills. And it really feels like it could just be, like, a hyper... Like a modern, new version of a hypercoaster in a smaller scale. Yeah. It's very, it gives me... It reminds me a little bit of a ride, like, Goliath at Wallaby Holland. Like, this junior hypercoaster with these big, broad strokes and lots of airtime. Um... And just, yeah, just a ride where it, everything feels like it spends just enough time in its moments before it moves on to the next thing. But there's definitely going to be people who will prefer, like, the apeshit, bat-out-of-hell experience of, of Railblazer, and that's that's fair. So Sure. Um, next question is from Ed Colin 8 r How's the airtime after the mid-course and the elements that aren't on Jersey Devil? So I guess we already kind of touched on yeah. the elements of Jersey Devil, but let's just talk about everything post-mid-course that includes the airtime hills, but also includes the, the non-Jersey Devil stuff. Um, it's actually quite good. Air is great on that. Because despite you slowing down a little bit on the mid-course, um, there is like, it's pleasant. Like It's, it's not, definitely... There's a good mix of what I feel like is floater yeah. and like ejector. That one, the tiny airtime hill in between the outer bank hills is the one, like, classic Iron Horse jackhammer airtime moment. Sure. Which one is fine, but, like, six of those in a row, a uh, Lost Steel Vengeance, is not fine for so, me. So, yeah, how, how I kind of feel like it is the, um, um, once you, of course, do the little dirt turn over bank. Yeah. You have the first outer bank that's pretty decent ejector, then you have the outer bank that's kind of like a floater. Yeah. Then you have the ejector on the small hill like and then you have more floater, more floater on the on the final outer on bank. On the Wonder Woman outer bank. Yes. Yeah, so overall it's like it's a good mix of yeah. airtime. I mean it's nothing like absolutely crazy but it's exactly how I like it because in California having airtime is already such a luxury. The fact that Magic Mountain now has like it's kind of like the airtime capital of California which I mean with 20 coasters you better. But, this segues beautifully um, into the next question. It really does. So um the next question from Etz Connellrad underscore nineteen fifty one is the airtime is the, sorry is this the airtime machine that the West Coast needed? Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Too. I think so. Because the, here's the thing, and maybe this is a weird opinion. I think we're talking with like Greg from Park Journey mm-hmm. um, at the event, and we're like, you know, people give Goliath too much shit because it's so different from like all the other hypercoasters out hypercoast there. That, like, yeah. if you live in California, you wish you had a makeup, but when you live in Orlando, you missed your Goliath. Like, yeah, totally. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, because there's so many of the same semi hypercoasters out there. So oh, yeah. I'm kind of glad that California didn't get the semi hypercoaster. Yeah, I don't they think have super I don't, yeah. coastery. I don't think hypers, about Mako. You know? I know that's a lot of people do. And Mako's a fine ride, but there's just so many Makos out there. And Goliath and Titan feel like really, really special rides. Yeah, I agree. So and they like, run so well. I really crave and cherish my, so, my Goliath rides. Could the West Coast have used on like a Giga? Sure, it's just not, not the market for yeah. it, though. Like, and it I really mean, isn't. it'll never be too late to build a Giga. Gigas will always be relevant, so... Though they're super expensive super investments. Super expensive. We may never see one, but yeah. that's not to say that one wouldn't be appreciated, I guess. But it's it, it's a good mix of airtime. So, like, between that, Goliath, Twisted Colossus, and, like, stuff West like... West Coast Racers and... Um, uh, both of the underground coasters, I think, have pretty solid airtime. Yeah, or I was going to say, in like maybe, like, stuff like Ghost Rider, you have really... Kind of like good different kinds of airtime, um, but 
the single vocals are so different than the one at Great America that it's still really is way more like a hyper like airtime focus versus the crazy ejector. I think this ride really is the floater airtime machine that California has been missing. I mean, it does get a little ejectory, especially when it gets hotter. A little bit, yeah, towards the end, especially if you're in the front of the train. But if you're in the back, it's just floater airtime. I mean, if we want airtime, and we're going to... I mean, I kind of leave this question as taking this much time. But if we want to talk airtime, there's such a large variety of it, and there's so much airtime on this coaster... That like yeah, I mean this is the airtime machine. Yeah, this this state needed. Yeah, or like the West Coast, I guess. Yeah. So the answer answer yes. Yeah. Um, next question is from um, Paul Sosk six zero zero eight, asking is, is Wonder Woman flight of courage better than the one in Texas? So referring to Wonder Woman fly, uh, sorry, uh, Wonder Woman lasso, Golden lasso coaster. I think we already kind of answered yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be so. extremely subjective for us. We think the ride is better paced, more substantial. Obviously. Bigger, longer. T- it's all. I will say I kind of like the setting of the one in Texas because it has like it's right next to the cliff. It's over the water. Yeah. Which is cool. It's it's the only one of them that's. You really can't the do water. wrong at Fiesta Texas because that location is banging. At the same time, though, Wonder Woman for a Magic Monaco's is often I suggest that because it has all the gravel underneath it. Yeah. It is right in between all the coasts. The all views the action. from that lift hill are incredible. Are they not? Like, yeah, just totally. a, It's just a real treat. So I guess so, in always a stumble for Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, for us, it's definitely Wonder Woman is. Our and you have kind the terrains. You have all the mountains, and you can really look into the yeah. park, and you're still kind of below Tatsu, hovering over the mountain. I mean, Magic Mountain is like a, you get like a great view of the neighborhood behind Magic Mountain where we're looking at houses. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, you're like right next to Riddler, which Riddler is such an aesthetically pleasing coaster. Yeah. Um, so yes, Wonder Woman at Six Flags Magic Mountain wins that one. It's the winner for us. Uh, next question comes from um, at D underscore ambassador underscore ERT, which it was nice meeting you at the media event, by the way. Um, what seats did what elements best? So I guess we kind of already answered that. We earlier. can do a, little, a quick little speed run. So first drop is backseat. So, well, let's say all the elements that are best in backseat are first drop, a zero G stall. Yeah. Drop off of the high turn. Drop off of the mid-course. Drop off of the mid-course. Practically of the elements after the mid-course? I, I mean, I would, well, I would the give row. everything after the mid-course to the front row, okay. like, objectively, even okay. though it wasn't for me. So I would say a majority of the elements on the ride really lend themselves to the front seat. But the back was way whippier, though. But the back I'd prefer, personally. So, for yeah. For comfort reasons. So I guess I can answer that question. Yeah. Um, and then the last question we picked for this is the at Ricardo dot um, What do you love best about this coaster? What do I love best about? I mean, it kind of goes into the next segue. So yeah, I don't which wanna is make... about how it. Stands in fact, out we're just gonna bring it to the next Magic segue. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, my favorite thing about this coaster is that. I didn't know what Magic Mountain needed, and honestly, I was here like, Magic Mountain seems like a mech string spinner, which is still neat, don't get yeah. me wrong, because that's such a unique attraction. We, we talk really about that a lineup. <laughs> um, but, you know, I thought, okay, they already have an RMC, the single world thing already exists in California. Is this really what they need? Like, they have these massive coasters, and now we're having like, 130 foot tall. People were skeptical um, that it would be Wonder right Woman choice. single real. Um, but honestly, riding it, that's like, exactly what the park needed. Yeah. There are so many ways, like, if you have 20 or 19 coasts already, so you're 20th. Yeah. There is a chance if you're feeling like, wow, this coaster is kind of like this coaster. Or, you know, like, in a way, of course, well, you have, like, racers. It's like, oh, it's full throttle. People are like, okay, and, it's just um, these two coasters combined. And so it's a classic, you yeah. know? Which, I mean, it's a great ride, and it, it's really different still on its own. Uh, but this really does feel like something completely unlike anything at the park. And given it's so different from any of the of the older Raptors, 
uh, or the smaller Raptors. Um, it's just like a really nice compliment. It is large enough to feel like, a, okay, this is like a Magic Mountain size coaster. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I mean, luckily Magic Mountain is Magic Mountain, and they always seem to be adding Magic Mountain size coasters. They're always just something that's like big skill. They don't really yeah. do the small stuff. Unless it's like a Bugs Bunny World thing, you know? Right. But even West Coast Rays, it was such a massive addition, like such a big suspended infrastructure. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about the ride. Yeah. It's really noticing that it complemented the park so well, and I wasn't expecting that. I think two major things. The, the fact that it's a, a floater airtime machine is something really unique to this ride at Magic Mountain when you consider, like, Col- Twisted Colossus being full of, like, jackhammer airtime is what I call it because that's, like, the classic RMC thing. So being a floater airtime, some sort of little flowjector moment airtime on this ride. Flowjector, I like And that. then, for me, just the single rail riding configuration, it's it's kind of, it's a gimmick, but it's a good gimmick. Like, it's... It's, a, it's very it's a, different, for sure. It's an interesting thing. And I think I think most people who go to Magic Mountain are roller coaster people. Southern Californians are seasoned coaster enthusiasts. You can ride 50 coasters and not leave the region. So, for Magic Mountain to build something that really feels different among coasters is... Was a, it was a wise choice. You know what I've really enjoyed seeing is I'm over here thinking like, wow, like even when you look at it from a distance, one almost kind of, it, it looks kind of small because it has that super tight rails. Yeah. And it's not as tall as like grid that towers yeah. over it, yeah. right? Um, and it's not by any means in the highest elevated part of the park. So, but then you look at like the Instagram stories and the Facebook reactions, all the comments we've gotten and all the replies we've gotten on Instagram and on TikTok and on um, Facebook. And people are legit being like, you know, this is my favorite ride at Magic Mountain. Yeah. Like, this is... People are... Are like, there's 20 coasters, and they're ranking 101 number one. And yeah. it makes me very happy, because, again, it ties into the whole idea of, like, I didn't realize how well of a fit it was until I wrote it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I guess the kind of, like, the message here is like, oh, don't book... Uh, yeah. Judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Write something, and then you can really make a good opinion of it. Um, which I try to do anyway, but... In this case, I was just so pleasantly surprised and seeing how big the hype is of the people that have written it and how much they love it. I didn't expect it to be lopped over to the Colossus. I didn't expect people to be like, oh yeah, it's over Tatsu or X2. I know right. X2 is not everyone's favorite because it's so insane and intense. Um, it's a wild, it's crazy, just, insane experience. Like just like yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's It's really, really fun how well panned out. And uh, I think it's a great fit for Magic Bond. Like, yeah. I've already, I guess, mentioned like 25,000 yeah. times now, but yeah. So yeah, we're into it. We wrote it. Th- I wrote it thirteen times. You no, wrote it's a high praise. Times. <laughs> One of few things you said to each other is like, "Oh yeah, I'd actually wait for this." And yeah, I'd it's wait such for a, it. like it's such a weird thing that we tell each other. It's like when we write new things, we kind of judge it like, "Would I wait for this? Would yeah. I willingly like, spend I a happy? line for an hour yeah. for this? Am I happy with how long I waited for this? And like, would we, I wait? In yeah, that's kind of how we gauge coasters. Yeah, and um, we both said to each other like, even after writing it a bunch out waiting. Would I wait for this? Yeah, I'd probably jump a line away now for it. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, so, great praise. Secret Magic Magic, congratulations on this edition. Um, I think you have a really great roller coaster in-house. I can't wait to see what is next for DC Universe yeah. and Metropolis and the whole wide world connected over there. Um, or what's next coaster-wise? Because now you have 20 coasters. Um, great number to be at for a little while for marketing purposes. But yeah. um, at the same time... The, the clock is ticking. I know they're, they're always looking on their next coaster. Right. Mountain. I don't um, think they ever And I stop. think it's, they're such a coaster destination. Another thing we mentioned while we were at the event is um, 
And you can see this on our YouTube video as well with the press opening. They had all these banners. So the event was kind of like for all the press stuff and like the official opening and stuff. There was like all these ride banners. And since the 50th anniversary of Magic Mountain in 2021, they have really started embracing their coaster collection. Yeah. It took them years to get to the point where they aren't trying to market the family thing. They aren't trying to market just the DC heroes. They aren't trying to market the throw capital world. I mean, they still say that. Yeah. But they took all their coasters. They had this really nice artwork for each of them, which is just like a really nice yeah, like background with like a really stellar picture in the front. X2, Riddler, no, not Riddler. Riddler was X2, over by the gates too, yeah. which wasn't on the stage. There was like X2, Full Throttle, Tattoo, Tattoo and Twisted Colossus. And then it was Riddler and another rider on the other side. Um, but... They've been embracing this with like billboards around the park, and I'm really loving that it's almost like the Cedar Point thing. Not to draw that parallel, but like Cedar Point's focus has always been like we market the shit out of our big coasters because that's what our identity is. Yeah. And I think Magic Mountain's finally embraced like their identity is yeah. those funny coasters. You go, you don't go to Magic Mountain for Bugs Bunny World necessarily. Yeah. You don't go to Magic Mountain necessarily for Crazy Andy, though it's a really good flat ride. Yeah. You go to Magic Mountain for that like stellar lineup of 20 coasters that I still think is by far the best coaster lineup in the world. By far. There's an episode on that, Secret Magic Mountain for yeah. Cedar Point. Listen to it. Um, but I really enjoy they've been embracing that, and I think it's like a perfect 20 I mean, when you... They order, they made new merchandise for Ninja. And for Viper. And so much new I Viper merchandise. I saw the Ninja merch, and I, I thought I was going to pee my pants. Like, I was so excited. <laughs> I yeah, cannot I tell this. you how happy I was. Oh, I felt like a little kid again. But yeah, we're really happy with the direction that Magic Mountain seems to be going. And we feel really excited and curious about um, the next few steps now that we're at number 20 with coasters. And there's been a lot of talk about Magic Mountain spearheading the new direction of the Six Flags chain when it comes to things like food. I mean, it is a flagship and, park. And of all yeah. the parks, it is the, the park that has the better food. It has the better merch. Operationally, it's... I wouldn't say necessarily Star Wars Great, Amer- Great Adventure or Great America because those parks it gets really busy in a shorter season. As I mentioned, Mountains three sixty five, yeah. so their their crowds really seem to be spread throughout because you have either the heat of the summer kind of keeping people home, or you know, like the, yeah. the Magic Mountains crowds are really nice to spread. But like the summer isn't crazy busy. I like, the whole year is kind of the same business. I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Like whenever you go to Magic Mountains, generally speaking, the same business. Yeah. Unless it's like a holiday, you know, period, it gets pretty yeah. busy then. But it's not. Yeah, it's not like Halloween or Christmas. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of enjoyable. But uh, Magic Mountain really is kind of like the leader in the chain, and you can tell like the park's just nicely maintained. Um. The only thing that's really left to to fix, I think, is Summer Summit. Um. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the park is just in great shape. They do need another water ride. Um. Because Roar Rapids isn't always open. I think it hasn't even opened for the season yet. Um, and Jetstream is cannot carry that. Yeah, Jetstream can't do it alone. We are no, talking high desert, hundred plus degrees Fahrenheit yeah. every day in the summer. It's and just brutally hot out yeah, there, especially on days where uh, Hurricane Harbor isn't open, which it's only open like three months out of the year. And Magic Mountain is hot like nine months out of the year. Yeah, Fries so. Fest starts in like September, and like I guess Hurricane Harbor closes around like the first week of Ju- of July. I mean, I'm sorry, of um, of October. There's definitely a couple of months where a couple of weeks where Fries Fest runs alongside Hurricane Harbor, is kind of funny. But then you notice, like, later in October, you'll be there late at night. It's still really it's still hot. crazy hot. Um, yeah. You know, doing the, doing the Fright Fest thing. So I would hope another water coaster and a good flat ride package can yeah. make such a difference. But any any which way the park is going, I they're in see, such a good like, shape. I want to see, like, a Mac Twist and Splash and a Mac know, like Power that. Splash Power Splashes. together. A little Mac water A little yeah, Mac a water, little water, water little, a little, little Aquaman. A little water molecule. Hidden, hidden yeah. island situation. Little Aquaman and Penguin. 
Uh, but before we lose your attention span, <laughs> go ahead and visit thecozygames.com. We have an amazing Everything One Woman article that talks about all the things One Woman that we discussed today. Close look at the elements, lots of pictures, three videos. We got a vlog, we got our on rides, we got a POV, all that good stuff. If you want to just look at the videos, go straight to our YouTube channel and search for, the, uh, for Coaster Kings. You'll find it there as well. We appreciate you listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. We have a couple more episodes coming this season that we're actually working on right now. Doing some armchair imagineering stuff. It's been <laughs> kind of fun. I really, I really look forward to that. Love the um, armchair. A hotter nod is still coming. I promise. It is, it is in this for the season. And we'll be back um, probably next week or maybe maybe the week after with some more content. Yeah. Leave a review on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Amazon wherever you're listening. And we will catch you on the next episode of Close Kids Radio. Bye. Bye.